Hello, welcome to the Manifest Vibes podcast. This podcast has gotten its umpteenth makeover, and this is it. This is the brand. This is the vibe. Welcome to my podcast. My name is Emma Bennett. I will be introducing myself and what I do. Dive right in. I am kind of throwing creative spaghetti at the wall and seeing what happens, but it is leading somewhere interesting. We're going to dive into the conversation of consciousness, awakening, and whether or not it's us who are crazy or if everybody else is crazy out there. This is going to be a fun one. Hello, everyone. My name is Emma Bennett. I am an author of two books, Written into Reality, The Art of Co-Creating Your Dreams to Life, and Wayfinder, The Path from Pain to Purpose. Right now, I am beginning to kind of lumber out of my bear cave of hibernation. I really went hard towards the end of the year and got a little burnt out. And after I started feeling better again and crawling out of that cave, I just had a sort of what the fuck moment because it just dawned on me. I just wrote the notes on this because today I just decided that I am not endorsing this burnout culture, this use and abuse of creatives and their creativity. Today I started my day in a little bit of a stressful way because the kitchen sink has a problem and then my landlord came over and he's really handy, he's really smart. So he and his wife came over with tools to look at it. There's some kind of like a drain snaky thing that they put up into the pipes and something else ended up breaking. So, well, that was last night. So this morning I needed to call for a plumber and I found that several plumbers in the areas seem very preoccupied this week. They're all busy and they're not available until, well, the earliest would be eight o'clock in the morning on Monday, hopefully they can come out earlier. Normally, I don't check the phone first thing in the morning and I have a whole routine because when you wake up in the morning and you're getting out of your deep sleep delta brainwave phase of the brain, that is really the time to have a strict no overstimulation cutoff. No looking at your phones, no looking at screens, no looking at devices. At least for the first 30 minutes after you wake up in the morning. But I woke up a little bit later. I woke up around 8.30 and the plumber, the plumbing business opened at 7. So by the time I got on the phone, it was like 9 o'clock. And then I was on the phone with plumbing companies for about an hour. And so yeah, I had about half an hour with my coffee. But it was still really stressful first thing in the morning. And so I just decided I am not ready to perform. I am not ready to go on camera or start recording for a podcast. And so I am not going to. I'm not getting to work. I am not writing for email newsletters, blog posts. I'm not writing any articles. I'm not working on anything until I've taken care of myself. And so I went to see my esthetician just to get my eyebrows waxed, made me happy, got cleaned up. I, I told her that I felt less like a bear and she was laughing. We were talking about meditation because she was asking me, I like to paint in watercolor, but I often feel frustrated that it's hard for me to get into my creative flow. And that is part of what I do for a living. I coach creatives and creative entrepreneurs to help them unlock that flow and stay in it and to help them manage their stress and learn how to use their brain and their brain and nervous system capabilities better so that they can have optimum levels of success, creativity, and overall happiness so that they can not only take care of business but also take care of their thriving. And so I talked to her about how the level of consciousness we need to be on to think about things and to analyze, to look around at the world and assess what's going on requires a different level of thinking than the level of thinking you need to access to be creative. And 
these levels of thinking occur at completely different brainwave states. So these brainwave states operate at different frequencies and beta, which is our average brainwave state throughout the day, is a much higher frequency and lower amplitude, meaning the space between the peaks is, well, the peaks are kind of bunched together a little bit more. I'm trying to give you a summary of the picture that I have in my head of the brainwaves. So basically it's kind of like, you know, up and down and up and down and up and down and the, the peaks are squished closer together versus to be creative, the spikes need to be a lot more relaxed and they need to be much looser waves. So think like beach hair waves. You know, if you've ever used a hair waver or something, that loose curl instead of the tight curls. So to reach that level of thinking, you need to slow down the pace. And if you think about driving 70 miles an hour and then getting off the exit to go into a 35 mile an hour speed limit zone, you aren't just stomping on the brakes right away to go from 70 to 35 immediately, right? It takes some time. You slowly brake and decelerate to the point that you get off of the exit and then you're on a slower speed. And the same goes for your brain. It takes time. You actually need to brake slowly, get off of the exit, and then get into that slower speed zone. And so when artists need time to take a nap, to gather their thoughts, to look through magazines, to wander through an art museum to really soak up the inspiration, or if they just need an entire day off, they're not just being lazy. They're actually accessing a higher amplitude state of consciousness that they need to be in to be at their highest levels of creativity to access their intuition, to access their sensory experiences. If you think about it, athletes need to train before they're ready to perform, to play a game. Musicians need to practice so that they can perform. You can't expect an NFL football player to get out on the field and perform without training, without coaching, without practicing. You wouldn't expect that of Jennifer Lopez or Beyonce when they go out and perform either. If they haven't been practicing, you're not going to see them do anything. For an artist, for a creative, they really need to get into the deeper waters of the psyche. And that is their training. That is their practice for their performance to get into the deeper waters of their psyche and to draw all the very best insights possible when they are there. And that state of consciousness is not the easiest to get into, let alone stay in. And so the rest of the world only understands that when you go to work and you punch keys on a computer and you get on calls and you pitch sales or you go into meetings and you do all these kind of things, you operate on the beta brainwave length primarily and you're productive that way. So the entire world mistakenly equates human productivity with the beta brainwave state. And most people, most average people who are completely unaware of how the brain really works often think that creatives are being stupid or lazy when they are really tuning in and getting into those deeper levels of their consciousness so that they can do what they do. For anybody to become masters of their craft, they need to learn this balance of getting into those states of consciousness and then taking conscious action on the insights that they recover from that deeper state of consciousness. And they're kind of like the deep sea divers of the consciousness. They are diving really, really, really deep to go looking for treasure. And when they come up to surface with it and they show it to the world, 
it is something amazing. It is something the world needs. It is beautiful. It is inspiring. And it's absolutely not utterly magical. And not everybody can do that. Not everybody's willing to do that. Not everybody believes that it's even possible. Oftentimes, something that really lights a fire under my ass and pisses me off is I've heard from several people, I feel like I'm a crazy person. Am I just crazy? Because when you get out of being a thinkaholic and you start to really feel and resensitize and start to sense things and you get more deeply attuned and aware and your consciousness expands and you become more intuitive, you naturally pick up on a lot more than you otherwise would if you're thinking too much, if you're basically just going off of your survival responses, if you're just letting your limbic and brainstem, your animal part of the brain, your lizard part of the brain, your primordial part of the brain, just run amok, which most people in the world are doing, you're not going to be able to access what oftentimes people think is extrasensory perception, which really is simply your multi-sensory, multi-intelligent functioning, which you naturally have. But the reason why people think that there's this matrix out here that's controlling everybody and it's making everything so difficult for us and inhibiting our personal freedom, really we're doing that to ourselves. We are suppressing our intuition, we are suppressing our multiple intelligences and our multi-sensory capabilities. And that is the matrix. It's a construct hell of our own making. And to bust out of that, you really need to be diligent and take care of your consciousness. Take care of your brain, your body. Take care of your nervous system. Take care of your emotions. Take care of your psyche. And that requires consistent effort on a daily basis throughout every single day of your life. And some people are just like, oh, hell no, that's too complicated. That's, that's too much. Meditate? I don't, I don't want to meditate. I think too much. I have too many thoughts in my head. I can't sit still. I can't even read a book. You think I'm going to sit here for 15, 20 minutes and not think? I can't make myself not think. <laughs> and the thing is that it's, it's not that you're there to not think. You're there to become less reactive to your thoughts because a lot of people out there, especially with our modern era of information overload, are so easily reactive and influenced by the sheer volume of information and overstimulation they are constantly bombarded with that it is dysregulating people's nervous systems even more than they already are. Most people out there in the world are dysregulated some way, somehow. But the overstimulation really drives it overboard. So when people want to know, like, why are people acting so crazy out in this world? They're dysregulated. Why are these people in corporations, like when I watch this HBO show, Success, Succession, and these people are freaking crazy, why the heck are people so crazy? Why are they so, like, sociopathic and not caring about other people about the planet and blah 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 these people are dysregulated af <laughs> they are so freaking dysregulated their brains are basically uh not functioning at a higher level of consciousness i mean to function at a higher level of consciousness you need to be connected to your humanity so it's like hello <laughs> The, the whole thing with fixing humanity, resolving climate change, creating better ethical company cultures to have more of a positive influence on the economy and the environment. If we want any of these positive changes to happen, it begins first with a shift in human behavior. So more and more people need to be taking responsibility of their consciousness and yes, becoming woke, accessing their higher consciousness, accessing more of their prefrontal cortex and less of their brainstem plus limbic systems, which makes them reactive and turns them into assholes. 
it's a balance. You need your limbic system and your brain stem so that you can survive, so that you know what pain means, so that you won't go touching a hot stove and you won't. That's a legitimate psychological disorder. That somebody has some sort of an issue with registering pain signals and it endangers their lives because they don't know if they get hurt. So there are ways that the brainstem and the limbic system help you to function. But beyond being functional, if you are too reactive in reactive to your survival responses, your fight, flight, or freeze responses, which is what happens with dysregulation, you become way too reactive and way less conscious and aware. That is why we need people to wake up from the matrix, to break free from the matrix, to learn how to connect to their inner selves or higher awareness, to raise their vibes. I know a lot of people kind of kick that word around like, haha, vibes. It's just kind of like this cool word that people are throwing around. No, everything really is energy. Everything. Even the word... It's a really cool book by Gary Zukov, The Dancing Wuli Masters. The Chinese word for physics directly translates to patterns of organic energy. Everything in this entire freaking universe is made up of energy, and that's really what intuition is and does. Intuition picks up on energy patterns. Intuition is a form of higher conscious processing power that can recognize and really look at a whole big holistic perspective just really gather the data the massive overall energetic situation it's like a conscious pattern recognition yeah it, it recognizes patterns at an accelerated speed and processes everything so that you can come up with the insights the creative solution and you can pick up on patterns that tell you the greater picture of what's going on and you need that you need access to intuition so you need to be able to have times where you're not on screens you are doing things in analog you have quiet timeouts and you're able to reflect and gather your energy so that you can plug in to your multiple intelligences, your multi-sensor capabilities, and then you are able to perform. You're able to express your energy, which is what Manifest Vibes, my whole brand, is actually all about. I am renaming this podcast again because it just kind of dinged in my head like, doy, Manifest Vibes is my social handle, it's my brand, it's something that popped up that my partner and I came together in the very beginnings when we were trying to figure out how to create, co-create a business. And at first, we're just kind of like, that sounds neat, but it took me a while to really figure out what this was. It was like a package that was handed to me from the universe. And it was almost like Russian nesting dolls where I would just take one just pop one of the, the outer layers off and then there'd be another and another and another and then just really getting in there and learning what the heck this is really about what what is this opportunity presenting to me and now i figured it out because really the outer is an expression of the inner the energies within us are manifested into our very realities. The way that we perceive, experience, and respond to life depends on our internal states. So with Manifest Vibes, the content that I produce, the books that I write, the courses that I teach, it's dedicated towards helping to, helping people become aware of the power of their consciousness and to normalize and to help them feel less crazy when they start to get it, when they start to wake up. 
Awakening is basically when you just can't hit the snooze button on your life anymore. Like your soul has been tapping at your consciousness. Kind of like I'm thinking of an Edgar Allan Poe-esque poem where a little crow or a little bird is tapping and speaking at your window just going, hey, hey, wake up, wake up to your life. Wake up to who you really are. Wake up to what you really want. Wake up to what you're really living for. And most people are just kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just try to hit the snooze button and go back to sleep. That is unconsciousness. People are unaware that they're unaware. And so an awakening is when the whisper becomes a shout. At first, the universe is gently tapping at your window. Hey, wake up. And the universe is gently coming to you and giving you little nudges, signs, signals. And you're still not listening. So then they start to get louder. You start to become really frustrated in your life with things. Things don't really seem to be going your way. You feel a lot more reactive than intentional. You feel like you're on a never-ending hamster wheel and you're trying this, you're trying that. You think maybe if you do this, life will get better. If you have this, maybe life will get better. If you become this kind of person, maybe life will get better. If you read these self-help books, if you go to these motivational seminars, maybe if you go pack your shit up and go to India and find an ashram somewhere, like where the heck did Elizabeth Gilbert go when she wrote You Pray Love? Maybe then you'll figure it out, but actually there is a radiant center within us all that we are meant to return to. That is what the whole hero's journey of integration and individuation is all about. It's us returning to that radiant center within ourselves. And that center is the holy mountain. That center is the absolute truth of who you are, what you're here for. And that can be the hardest journey to make because kind of like how I was talking about the Russian nesting dolls, one of my friends, Angela, she calls this like the cosmic onion. You just keep peeling back the layers and you keep having to journey to the center through all the layers. And this is where the tough work is. In my Create the Life You Love course, which is where I teach people how to play with the innately creative powers of their consciousness to co-create and manifest things into their realities and to really connect with their, the energy of their dreams and their desires, where their dreams and desires even come from, and to really stay centered in their inner being, really connected to their inner being, to trust their inner guidance and their wisdom. The clients, the people that take that course, are people who've already done a lot of their healing work, a lot of their integration and individuation work. So they know what's up, they've been through it. So a lot of people wonder why this law of attraction, this co-creation, which is basically trusting in your inner guidance, trusting the insights that you receive, trusting the signs and synchronicities that you receive from the universe and basically following the will-o'-the-wisps on the path to stay on the one that you really need to be on, the one that's going to lead to least resistance and most flow. To do that, you need to have a high level of self-trust first and foremost, and trust in life, trust in the universe. So if you don't have that, you need to heal whatever it is that is getting in the way of that. When we go through traumatic experiences that we have not been able to protect ourselves from or prevent, that makes us lose our sense of self-trust. Before I could become the kind of person who could write two, 300 plus page books, and actually those books were heavily edited, so it's like I whittled it down from like 500 pages each. I almost wrote a thousand pages to put into those books. To be the kind of person who could do that, who could really channel from the core, the center of my inner being, I really had to go through layers and layers and layers of trauma, shame, fear. Just some of this, the worst stuff I never really wanted to face and a lot of it was faced when I had my own awakening. Basically how my whisper became a shout and then a shove and then a freaking tsunami and then just epic cataclysmic events in my life was through a traumatic brain injury. 
And after the accident that I had, I was basically like in a state of forced vipassana meditation where I was bedridden for about like 18 to 20 hours a day. And it was like a forced meditation. It was like there was nowhere for me to go. I couldn't escape. I couldn't distract myself with anything. And I just had to deal with it. And then all these, the most horrible remembrances, flashbacks and stuff from like the deep dark recesses of my psyche that I just didn't want to deal with just came into my mind and I couldn't do a damn thing about it besides witness it. So I was witnessing all the deepest, darkest crap emerging from my psyche. And this was like a, this was a, how many years? This is like a four year long awakening process that just shook me the fuck up. I was just really, I can't even tell you how desperate I was to get out of that state already. And it wasn't until I started really learning that there's nothing out there in the world that I could reach for that would help me. I had to reach within myself. I had to do the whole shamanic journey thing where you go into the lower world, the place within you that feels like hell, to pull your personal power out and recover it. And I'd gone through that part. And then the next part was joy, which made no freaking sense to me. But this life coach, this mysterious life coach who pretty much disappeared after I had this session with her told me whatever I could do to connect to the frequency of joy I had to do it so like at that time I was at rock bottom I was really skinny despondent very lethargic just very it was hard for me to get up and do anything it was hard for me to feel like anything positive could be experienced in my life I was like oh my gosh like really and so I got myself up I got myself on the freaking train to go to the beach and I got something sweet to eat it was a piece of cake at the grocery store and I went to the beach with it and something about feeling pleasure, at least a little bit of pleasure after feeling so held down under the water, under the unrelenting waves of pain and suffering for so long, just started to really stir me awake. And then I had more people that came into my life and started teaching me things like pranayama, yoga, somatic healing practices, energy healing practices, integration. I started to really recover, reclaim, and take loving responsibility for my personal power, my sovereignty. And at that time, I was also feeling like maybe I'm a crazy person. Like the world doesn't really tell you that this is normal. The world doesn't really tell you that this happens or that awakenings are not some crazy special cosmic event that just happens to a few select weird people. People all around the world are experiencing awakenings. One of the books that my mentors recommended to me to look into, it's called the Translucence Revolution, How People Just Like You Are Waking Up and Changing the World by Arjuna Adath. He 
wrote about how this phenomenon is happening all over the world and then I started to dive into this even more and hearing more and more accounts of just normal everyday people like the bookstore owner or Dr. So-and-so or somebody just asking people about whether or not they have been experiencing shifts in their consciousness, shifts in their awareness, shifts in their realities, shifts in how they feel and sense their realities. And some of them look at me with this sort of shininess in their eyes like, oh, somebody's acknowledging this. And it's like, and then they start talking to me and they start telling me everything and just like this happened and this synchronistic thing happened and then these opportunities came out of nowhere and I met these people and I'm just like hey there you go awakenings synchronicities confirmation events this isn't you being crazy this is happening to people all over the world in your neighborhood this is happening to people all over the place and it's just that we haven't really regarded this as normal just yet but i think thanks to oprah we have gotten more of a feeling of acceptance around the idea of metaphysical reality and spirituality of law of attraction and manifestation people are starting to ease up and yes, we are far from the days of inquisitions and burning witches at stakes. You know, the whole Friday the 13th thing actually came from a persecution of women, really. Friday the 13th is really about women gathering to talk, have soulful conversations like Oprah's Super Soul Sunday and to just really gather and have heart-to-hearts and to really connect and talk about intuition, our connection to the universe, about healing, and the reason why Friday the 13th became this superstition of a bad luck day because is because it was a condemnation of what they were doing. And now it's become this cultural, normalized idea that Friday the 13th is a spooky bad day when bad shit happens. And it's actually not really about that. It is a condemnation, a defamation of women who are intuitively gifted connecting to one another. And I don't stand for that. I don't support that. I. It makes me mad. <laughs> it just, I guess it's natural for people to fear what they can't understand. But I have studied psychobiology. I've studied neuroscience. I've looked into neurotheology. I've even gotten into neuroendocrinology. I've gotten into some stuff to do with metaphysics and quantum physics. I've gotten into law of attraction. I've gotten into manifestation. I studied world religions. I served on an interfaith council. I worked with Iraqi delegates with the United Nations Development Program. I worked in corporate entertainment. I worked for Fortune 500 companies. I've traveled to Europe, to New Zealand. I grew up in Hawaii in a very spiritual place. One of my teachers is a, is a shaman. Actually, two of my teachers are shamans. I have Buddhist teachers. I have both Eastern and Western teachers. I've worked with several different life coaches. I've really um, benefited very much from over a decade's worth of Buddhist and Taoist teachings. And I have found that there is a thread of universal truth that runs through all of our collective psyches. It's just naturally there. It's whether or not we access it, whether or not we believe that it's there and are open to getting in touch with it. It's whether or not, it, it all depends on whether or not we're open to it or if we're closed off from it. And most people are closed off from it because they're terrified of what they're going to find there. They're terrified of facing their own souls, 
which is how Carl Jung puts it. But you are never going to really know your true power if you don't face your own soul. That's why Joseph Campbell says the ultimate dragon is within you. That's what he means. You need to face your own soul for the individuation and the integration to happen so that you have access to your personal power. And this is also kind of what lends to the stereotype that artists are crazy because they're not really crazy per se, but they go crazy when they attempt to face their own souls without the support and resources we fortunately have more and more and more and more access to today. If you go into Whole Foods, you can get essential oils. If you just wander into town, there's probably a yoga studio somewhere. You can probably find a Reiki healer, an integrative practitioner, a dietitian, a nutritionist. You can probably pop on a podcast, listen to an episode of Super Soul Sunday, read a book by Eckhart Tolle, and figure out a whole lot more to do with consciousness and integration than we've ever been able to access in human history. And this is the age of Aquarius. In December of 2020, there is this astrological event that hasn't happened in 400 years. And in the past 400 years, basically the age of reason enlightenment kicked off a whole 400 years of material rationalism. And now we're entering what Dan Pink in A Whole New Mind is calling the conceptual age. And Aquarius, the energy of Aquarius, we're also experiencing the new moon in Aquarius, is an energy of deconditioning and really taking a close look at what we are conforming to, what ideals we have adopted, what ideologies we have subscribed to, why, how does it serve our greater good? If it doesn't serve our greater good, if it can be repurposed, recycled, or if maybe it can be purified and distilled to a more valuable form, how can we do that? How can we reassess the systems we have put into place, the ways that human beings at large think about things and go about doing things? How can we improve and change things in a way that benefits humanity better? That's, that's what the energy of Aquarius is about. And that's why we're having these crazy shifts in the world right now. That was actually my reading for the new moon cycle, the lunar new year that started February 1st. This is from the Wild Kuan Yin Oracle deck by Alana Fairchild, this card that I'm going, this oracle message that I'm going to be reading to you. She rides with wild spirit unbroken. You are a wild spirit. If you're on the camera, I will show you what the card looks like. You are a wild spirit no matter how often you've been told no, been suppressed by rules and regulations, but denied a right to speak your crazy beautiful truths. Inside of you beats a persistent, loving heart that will not be denied. I knew that the wild joy in you would soon kick off its shackles of shame. I knew that no amount of criticism or disrespect could ever break the spirit of your heart. I knew that even if you doubted that at times deep inside the heart, there was a spirit so wild that it could never be tamed. I know that it is only ever a matter of time before your wild spirit will rise and be free. Cultural conditioning in a healthy sense is meant to give us guidelines by which we can operate as a functional society. Having boundaries for behavior enables us to relate to each other respectfully. We can contribute to society in ways that help us make a safe and supportive community possible and so create a good quality of life for its members. A less conscious, sometimes even abusive version of that is when personal choice is eradicated or suppressed. I'm adding or suppressed. Where there is no sense that questioning is even allowed. When obedience is demanded and individuality is not honored, the conditioning that is meant to assist in the development of healthy communities becomes regressive, infantilizing, and if taken to heart, quite damaging to the self that wants to emerge and grow, which is what healthy beings do. 
Bringing conditioning to consciousness is the only way to confront it and become free enough to question it so we can choose for ourselves. If we don't even know we are responding to the world in a preconditioned way or holding particular beliefs, simply because that is what we were taught and reinforced to believe, then we may make the mistake of confusing our opinion with truth. This is what causes ego-based conflict, the most futile sort of conflict. This is not conflict that can be used to fuel healthy growth and evolution into a win-win resolution. It is conflict about who claims to be right and justified for even the most soul-destroying behavior at the expense of another. Without bringing our conditioning to consciousness, we lose the power to question everything, to be open, discern, and decide for ourselves that there could be more to life than what we already think we know. Be willing to leave behind what you have known. It could be a place, a way of life, even something that you once held onto for a sense of identity and belonging. There is a bigger world calling you forth. Will you dare to answer that call and step into your destiny? Do you feel discontent with how things are? A persistent question in your mind. Why must that be as it is? Could it not be different? A curiosity and hunger for something more without even knowing what it is exactly that you're seeking. Trust this. It is an intuitive inner response to the call of your destiny. You're meant to go exploring. Are you wanting to break free from a circumstance or situation in your life? You are encouraged to take the adventure to make the break and claim your freedom if you ever feel ashamed, judged, or that the force of society or a group of people is trying to control you, telling you how you should be rather than listening to yourself and accepting yourself as you are, remember that is their own fear and is nothing to do with your value. Wow, that right there just hits me really hard because I've been dealing with that a lot. healing process there's a healing process a prayer that i will say on all of our collective behalf i call upon wild kuan yin who loves me without condition i love myself and i commit to live as myself true to myself and to fulfill my soul journey this lifetime i'm so grateful to be who i am divinely created for perfect purpose through your merciful presence all scars heal all unforgiveness melts away and i am free from shame and doubt to live as me i surrender all conditioning that would inhibit my personal and spiritual growth, now one layer at a time, with your help. I give myself unconditional permission to be me and to enjoy being me. I choose to set myself free. So be it. You have completed your healing process. That is about deconditioning and reprogramming ourselves, recalibrating ourselves to a a higher vibrational reality because life is meant to be dynamic you know that whole thing about energy you can't it can't be destroyed it can't be created it can only be transformed and we do have the power to transform energy consciously so if you think about how you are responding to life in general, the power of your choices shapes the reality that you experience. When you have a perspective shift, your experience of reality can change. Just by breaking out of old habits of thinking or healing trauma, your entire world will change. That is the power of your consciousness. That is the power of conscious transformation. And yes, I am really just coming right out of the closet, right out of my metaphysical woo-woo, woo-hoo closet. Like, yeah, I am a spiritual person. I get into this conscious stuff, yes. I'm also a creative person and an entrepreneur, a creative entrepreneur. And the other day I was talking to this cryptocurrency company guy, introducing myself as a company co-founder and co-owner. And it's interesting that I had that opportunity because I've been learning about human design. I'm a projector. Projectors to unlock their personal power and to really become successful, they need to be able to see themselves, to recognize themselves. And at first, I didn't really know how that could be done. And I have 
trust in my intuition to figure it out for me. So I just asked my inner being, my higher knowing, how can I see myself? How can I recognize myself? And then it just synchronistically started clicking into place. I introduced myself to this cryptocurrency guy. I was like, oh, okay, I'm an entrepreneur. And then I watched this episode of Queer Eye and this guy, Karamo, the psychologist's cutie pie, he was replaying these negative things that this guy had been saying about himself. And he replayed it back to him and he said, these are the thoughts in your own head. And then the guy had a mirror in front of him where he looked at himself, like really looked at himself and spelled out words on the mirror, some kind of a marker thing, to replace those negative self-thoughts. And he looked into the mirror. He really looked at himself. He said, I'm a nice guy. And he's a really loving, sincere person. Like throughout the whole episode, you could totally tell he is a very loving person. And Karamo was saying, well, after everything that you've been through, you've chosen to be a nice guy. You've chosen to become a loving, nurturing person. And then I was just like, whoa. <laughs> Actually, the thoughts in my head can sometimes get pretty nasty too. And then I started to really, it just started to just go through my consciousness, like ping, 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 all these things about me being a creative, all these things about me being highly sensitive and empathetic. And then it's just like all these things just started flashing through my consciousness. And I just became very aware of myself in a way that I've never been aware before. And then I started to feel this confidence and this courage start to rise up. And that's when something just went ping and I was just kind of like, oh, I need to stop trying to rename my podcast like it's the soup of the day or something, like the name of the podcast of the day, where I'm trying to fit the name of the podcast, my brand, according to what I feel the world wants from me. And instead know that my brand, my creative contributions are a reflective of the energy of my life, the message of my heart and soul. And then I was like, yeah, my whole brand is manifest vibes. My whole brand is about bringing forth the energy within you to this world which is why you see the words express your energy on the podcast cover now. And it's just really interesting that for a while, I just couldn't really own up to that. I felt really shy, like, that sounds really powerful. But am I that powerful? Am I a powerful conscious creator? <laughs> I just felt like, I know a lot of people kick around the term imposter syndrome. It's not really just imposter syndrome. It's more of uh, how Marianne Williamson says, you're not here to play small, but it's our conditioning. It's our cultural conditioning that makes us feel as though we are. It's the weight of the world, the weight of our fears, the weight of our traumas, the weight of our emotional woundings, the weight of our accumulated baggage and crud that we pick up over the course of our lifetime that just piles up on us and makes us feel so small. And then when it comes to be time when the, the butterfly needs to emerge from the cocoon, it has to struggle a little bit so that when it emerges from the cocoon, its wings are strong enough to fly. So when you're facing this metamorphosis, it's going to be a struggle, but it's going to be a constructive struggle. It's going to be a constructive 
struggle of creating yourself, of co-creating yourself, because you are partnering up with the forces of your inner being and the universe. You're being supported through it. You're not alone in doing it. And you actually get through it much more easily by accessing and connecting to your inner being. In order to do that, you need to do some inner child work because your inner being is your pure, unadulterated self that's been suppressed for your entire lifetime. As soon as you started to learn words, you started to learn how to judge and then judgmental thinking began to really crowd your emotional sensing being. And then the judgmental, rational thinking part, which has been likened to the adult, takes over and just seems like the head honcho of your life your thinking rational self becomes large and in charge and you start to think that your your mind is the boss that your mind runs your life and that you take care of handle respond to your life from your head and then you start to disconnect between head and heart and to really get in touch with your personal power and your conscious creative capabilities to shift in response to your reality consciously to access a higher level of intuition and creativity you need to reconnect that divide between the head and the heart and that's going to be the hardest thing because then you're going to have to face everything that even caused that disconnection in the first place that reinforced it and that's where the deconditioning process comes in. You're facing all the ways that that disconnection has been reinforced. And you have to take back your power from all of that. You have to say, no, not anymore. But when you face these things consciously, compassionately, with loving and tender care, with unconditional acceptance, it is so much easier. The love the compassion, the unconditional acceptance is what facilitates the greatest levels of healing, empowerment, freedom, happiness, and your ability to magnetize more and more and more and more love and support to you. It's not that you are doing anything like you're trying to throw a lasso out there and tie up the moon and pull it towards you, but rather that you learn to become more open, more connected to yourself, to life, to the universe. You become more trusting. And because of that, you let more of the love and support of the universe, which is what abundance is, in. That is really the reason for the work that we all need to do to clean up whatever it is that we need to clean up and heal whatever it is that we need to heal. That is the whole point and purpose of the hero's journey of integration and individuation. That's why we need to do this. It's really the only way. And yes, a lot of people will not get to the point of willingly going there without going through something painful, <laughs> without going through some sort of a whisper becoming a shout moment in their lives where they can no longer hit the snooze button anymore. But if it can be made easier, I would highly recommend you take it. You can start by listening to the Oprah Winfrey and Caroline, Caroline Mace interview on YouTube. That's M-Y-S-S. -S. She wrote Anatomy of the Soul. That's a good place to start. Eckhart Tolle's books, The Power of a Now and A Whole, I mean, A New Earth. Michael Singer's book, The Untethered Soul. Michael Brown's book, The Presence Process. The Big Leap, 
by Gay Hendricks. Seed of the Soul by Gary Zukov. And yeah, I can give you plenty of book recommendations. It can be the case that even if you receive the information, you won't know what to do with it or how to process it, how to digest it at first. It could take you a while. I read Gary Zukov's book, The Seed of the Soul, back in 2017. And I just kind of read through it. I was just like, okay, yeah. But recently I picked it back up again. And as soon as I read just one paragraph, it's just like this instantaneous conscious processing, this deeper understanding and awareness of what he's actually talking about that I didn't have before. So if that's the case for you, don't lose hope that you're not getting it yet when it is time for those seeds planted in your consciousness to awaken they will push through the soil and you will understand what you need to understand you will have the insight that you need to have it is often the case that the very reason why it takes us longer to get to the point of awareness is because we have a lot of deconditioning, deprogramming, healing, and clearing up to do. And it may seem like a ridiculously simple piece of advice, but the way to make it as easy as possible on yourself is to ask. You know that whole saying, ask and you shall receive? Like when I was just kind of confused about the whole What do you mean projectors need to see themselves? How do I see myself? I asked. I often journal out these questions, which is something that I learned from another healer. I journal out these questions and I trust my intuition to pick up and receive the answers and let me know what they are with time. So I just relax afterwards. I let it sink in. Like This is a question. I don't know how it can be answered, but I'm trusting it to my intuition, to my universe, and it will come through some way somehow. And so if you are really struggling with the clearing up the past process, the deconditioning, the deprogramming, ask, how can this healing, this clearing up this deconditioning, this deprogramming happen for me in the fastest, easiest, most thorough way possible. Ask the universe for help. Can you help me with this? Can you work miracles in my life? Can you shift my consciousness from a perception of fear to love? Can you give me greater clarity? Can you help me to get through this process with the most ease and feelings of being safe as possible? Because that is a big reason why people struggle with their healing process, because they don't feel safe, because their nervous systems are just firing off the fight, flight, or freeze survival alarms, and it doesn't feel good, so they don't want to approach the healing. They don't want to go into the the layers of their psyche, their consciousness. It doesn't feel great. So if that's the case... It was the case for me, so when I asked, when I opened up, how can this healing process be made easier? I started to synchronistically, like really, just walking down the street one day, walking by a flower shop and seeing a cat, and this guy starts talking to me, oh, you like cats, blah, 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 blah. Oh, you're going through a healing journey? Because I was talking to him about that. I just was saying what was on my mind. Oh, I have a friend who does energy healing. You can meet her. She also has other friends who are healers and integrative practitioners, and they can probably teach you a thing or two. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, go out to Hollywood. They can be found at so-and-so. Actually, I'm sure she won't mind. I'll tell you what her, her phone number, her email address is actually. And I was like, oh, okay. 
just because I walked by a flower shop and started playing with a cat. Just out of nowhere. That's synchronicity. That is a confirmation event. I call it a confirmation event. It's when something happens in just the right time, in just the right place, in just the right way. And it's like a quantum... I don't know what to call it. It's like a... It's like a just like a magic poof from the universe. Like, here's the answers that you needed. Here's the breadcrumb trail you need to get to where you need to go. And my clients, the people that take my courses, experience a lot of synchronicities. It's something that naturally happens when you start accessing higher levels of your consciousness, when you start to actively cultivate your consciousness. And you become more receptive, you become more resensitized, we are really bombarded with a lot of stimulation, with a lot of advertising messages, with one of my friends in Germany, in Berlin, is a cybernetic scientist. He likes to do biohacking experiments on himself. He cut his finger open and he put a magnet in it and he just went around town just to see what, was, what would happen. And he said, oh yeah, I started picking up on all these electromagnetic frequencies. I started picking up on all these electrical impulses. I could go into stores and figure out if their theft detectors were really on or not. I was like, Chris, why would you, why would you, I wouldn't even dare try to slice my own finger open. Like, ugh. But he thought it was really interesting. I was like, okay, go you doing a science experiment on yourself. But I had my own kind of science experiments on EMF frequencies when in our Orange County condo we had a crazy wildfire season and our power went out and the whole house went dead freaking silent which was a completely different sensory experience. When the power kicked back on, I could hear it. I could hear the buzz of electrical noise that runs constantly in the background to the point that we get used to it. And we don't even really know that it's there. We're just so acclimated to the constant noise, the buzz, the frequencies of electronics and of electricity and we're just used to it. We just acclimate to it. We don't even know that it's constantly there. We also are exposed to a lot of stressors when we go on TV, when we go on the internet, when we flip on our TV screens and we see bad news or we go out there into the world and someone has some perspective of drama or complaint or you go out there and there's excessive noise. We called the drag racing boneheads in our neighborhood riffraffers, just trying to tear through the streets. Noise pollution is a real thing. In urban areas that have a high level of noise pollution, there has actually been research has concluded that there are more cases of cardiac arrest and cardiovascular health problems, blood pressure problems, strokes, aneurysms, and so that it even affects children and their developments, their neurological development. So yes, noise is a real thing. There is so much out there that can affect us and overstimulate us and really tax our nervous systems and raise stress levels that it acts as a sort of suppressor, a dampener of our senses. And so when we begin to practice meditation, mindfulness, get out in nature, start to enjoy a more peace and quiet, step away from the screens and do things in analog, unplug, we begin to really resensitize, get back in touch with our senses. And then that's when our intuition starts to wake up. And that's when we start to sense more and more and more stuff that we were just not aware of before and then that's when people think am i just crazy <laughs> it's not that you're crazy you were just becoming resensitized you're getting more in touch with your true nature you are becoming a lot more self-aware you're becoming more aware in general and that's not crazy at all absolutely not crazy 
I think I'm going to stop here for now and talk to you more on another podcast episode. If you are interested in my Create the Life You Love course, go to my website, manifestvibes.com if you would like to get on an email newsletter with me. I am a writer. I send out rather thoughtfully written emails. And on top of that, when you sign up, you will get a free workbook download, the companion workbook to my book, Written into Reality. You can also find out more about that book on my website, manifestvibes.com. I also have a course that I'm currently working on. Week one is out, the Breakthrough Accelerator. This is for anyone who would like to get into their healing process and make it as easy as possible for themselves and to get insights as to how to really reconnect with their personal power, to really get in touch with their intuition, to receive the answers they need as to what blocks and barriers need to be worked through. That is a course where I am teaching in six modules intended to be done a week at a time, how to somatically release emotional energy and do some internal work, do some, well, some inner work, some inner inquiry, some journaling practices, and really allow yourself to gently work through some of the layers, the onion layers that you need to work through. So to dive into that, you can get on my email newsletter list. I don't have it up on my website yet because this is a new thing that I'm just creating. If you would like to email me to find out more about this, email hello at manifestvibes.com and I will send you a link to sign up and join the course to give you a clue of what I'm going to be going into on the next podcast. I have a whole lot of notes. Ooh. Joy vibes. I wanted to talk about joy. Yes, joy, abundance. Oh yeah, in all these notes, it seems like joy is a very big theme. I have notes and notes and notes and notes. This is a lot of stuff. So subscribe to this podcast. If there's a way to leave a review, please leave a review. If you would like to screenshot and share, that would be tremendously helpful. It would be a wonderful, organic way of promoting my work and reaching more people out there. I would so appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining on this episode. I hope you listen in on the next one. Have a blessed, beautiful day.